call the meeting to order. Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our Queen Anne's County website at www.qac.org live or on our Queen Anne's County television channel, Atlantic Broadband Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to the link shown on the screen. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at, public comment at qac.org and comments received will be read during the press and public comment period during this evening's agenda. We acknowledge your participation and by attending you acknowledge this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the information table in the lobby. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Chris Corcorino. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you could uh, <clears throat> remain standing for all the uh, soldiers serving abroad at Thanksgiving. Thank you. one way to make up time. Okay, Commissioners, uh, we just held a closed session under several closed sessions under general provisions articles 3305B1 to discuss personnel, section 3305B7 to consult with counsel, and lastly under section 3-305B4 to consider a matter that concerns the proposal for a business. And uh, we did make, I believe we've reached consensus on one, one item in the closed session, and that was to take some actions to address some workforce retention and recruitment uh, situations that we have here in Queen Anne's County. I'm going to make a motion uh, to offset challenges of workforce retention, recruitment, and to overcome pressure from other jurisdictions for qualified employees. I move to authorize the county administrator and the directors of human resources and budget and finance to one. Implement a salary adjustment for county government employees effective in January of 2022. And two, to provide higher entry level salaries for the sheriff's deputies and internally adjust the salaries of existing law enforcement personnel. These actions will contribute to the essential and prompt public services without interruption. Valued employees will be retained, dedicated new workers can be hired, and succession planning can continue with, within Queen Anne's County. Second. Got a motion and a second. Any discussion on that? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, that motion passes. All right, thank you, commissioners. Next, we have the approval of this evening's agenda. Today's meeting, November 23rd, and the regular and closed session meeting minutes from your November 9th meeting have been circulated for your review. Do we have any additions and or corrections? Yeah, I'd like to amend the agenda to reflect um, two events coming up in the next two weeks that three or more commissioners would, may be at. Uh, one is on 12-3, the Centerville Christmas Parade, as well as 12-4, the Waterman's Crab Basket Tree Lighting. Okay. That's a motion to in, in SantaCon. Oh, I'm sorry, and 12-4 also SantaCon. Yeah. SantaCon. Yep, okay. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> 
So we got uh, so moved to amend it to those. Right. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Now motion to approve the agenda as amended and the minutes. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. All right. That brings us to our first uh, press and public comment period. I don't think anybody signed up. Has anybody up. signed up? No one signed up. Okay. Skip through that. Well, I will skip through that. And we can then uh, move right into uh, our action items for this evening. Uh, if you want to turn to tab number three, we have nine items this evening. First item is a proclamation for proclamations. The proclamations. Yeah, we have a proclamation. Okay, got them there. Proclamation for Small Business Saturday, 210-2170. Someone care to read that? All right. Uh, Proclamation 21-70, whereas Queen Anne's County celebrates our local small businesses and the contributions they make to our local economy and community, and whereas according to the United States Small Business Administration, there are 31.7 million small businesses in the United States. They represent 99.7% of all firms with paid employees and are responsible for 65.1% of the net new jobs created from 2000 to 2019. And whereas small businesses employ 47.1% of the employees in the private sector in the United States, 88% of U.S. consumers feel a personal commitment to support small businesses in the wake of the pandemic, and 92% of small business owners have pivoted the way they do business to stay open during the pandemic. And whereas 97% of small business Saturday shoppers recognize the impact they can make by shopping small, 85% of them also encourage friends and family to do so. And whereas 56% of shoppers reported they shopped online with a small business on Small Business Saturday in 2020, and more than 50% of consumers who reported shopping small endorsed a local business on social media or shopped at a local business because of a social media recommendation. And whereas Queen Anne's County supports our local businesses that create jobs, boost our local economy, and preserve our communities. And whereas advocacy groups, as well as public and private organizations across the country, have endorsed the Saturday after Thanksgiving as Small Business Saturday. Now, therefore, we, the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby proclaim November 27, 2021, as Small Business Saturday in Queen Anne's County and urge our residents of our community and communities across the country to support small businesses and merchants on Small Business Saturday and throughout the year. Good. All right. All right. Thank you, Commissioner Wilson. Item number, uh, tab three, item number two, on page two, is a recommendation to participate in a grant opportunity. Very exciting. This is from our Broadband Advisory Council, and this is a request to approve recommendations uh, to select several ISP internet service providers to serve the remaining unserved and underserved areas in Queen Anne's County through a grant program at the state, and this would potentially provide up to 90% of the funding, uh, we're talking about like $12.7 million here. 5%. Uh, excuse me, 95%. And uh, so we're expecting a commitment, local commitment, to match those grant funds of 636000 So Megan Delgalio is here if you have any questions. But can I get a motion on that to start, please? I move to, I move to, you want to read it, Phil? Oh, okay. I move to approve the recommendations of the Broadband Advisory Council in their selection of ISPs to serve the remaining unserved and underserved areas through participation in the Connect Maryland FY22 Network Infrastructure Program. The county's expected matching con contribution is 
$636,345.69 and is hereby committed from existing county resources contingent upon grant approvals. Okay. Right. So uh, the only thing I want to amend is the amount, Jim. Mm -hmm. um, we had two changes, so it's only 623-280-74. Okay. There's an amended version on the desk. Yeah, there was a slight there was a slight adjustment in one of those. Uh, yeah. My apologies, Commissioner, but yeah. Okay. And that's subject to change based on the grant amounts. But right. anyway, that's we're we're good there. So I'll change my motion to reflect that six twenty three, two hundred eighty and seventy four cents. And Stevie still seconds it. Stevie still second. Yep. Third. Discussion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, exciting day, huh? Yes, very Long exciting. time coming, four yes. years now, so um, fantastic. So the overall percentage, we're in the mid-90s now when this all gets done? We're creeping up. Um, I don't know exactly how much um, coverage of, of the entire landmass, but we're, we're creeping up pretty and This pretty is all fiber? We'll be all wired, all fiber optic, yes. Where do we start at, Jack? Um, what we, when we 30, put the group together? 39% unserved at that time. Yeah, 39 or 40, somewhere in that range, based on the, yeah. Based on the land yeah, mass. Right. And, then, and a lot of that was based on older maps, too, so I think it was actually bigger than that because they were still using older speeds to qualify you as having broadband, which right. was not a reality for a lot of people. So right. this, uh, this brings us into the 21st century and beyond. So. It's a major development. It is. It's huge. And, uh, you know, and, and one thing I guess now, Megan, you guys can't, you know, success brings more success. So now you got to start over and now we got to start uh, going back and look at some of our older broadband infrastructure and start concentrating on how we can get some money to get that upgraded mm -hmm. and try right. to get yeah, fiber in all those areas too. Sure. Yeah, that'll be something that we're hoping that the state will want to contribute to next go round. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think there's the appetite at the state level because they realize too, 25 year old infrastructure, yeah. we've got a lot of old copper in the ground and things like that. And I know it, it's challenging for Atlantic broadband. I know a lot of people have their problems with Atlantic broadband in terms of the service, but a lot of it is just the older infrastructure. And I give them credit. They were the first ones here and they served the populous areas. And so it's kind of hard to really chastise them for what they've done because it is big capital expenditure to go change all those lines out. But I know they've done some down yes, this they way. Yep, they've done yep. some. So yep, if we can just fiber. try to refocus now and, and get that stuff. And I guess the long-term plan, I, I challenge all of our providers to bring back to us, the commissioners, you know, after the first year, obviously, but with uh, some kind of a roadmap in their minds of how they're going to systematically maintain these systems over the next 10 years. I'd like to see a 10-year plan. I, I don't ever want to see Queen Anne's County get into where we are and were during the pandemic when we had kids that couldn't get online to go to school. We had business owners that couldn't, you know, do their businesses and, and were forced to based on the requirements of the pandemic. So I think seeing a 10-year long, long-term plan from our providers of how they plan on, and if they need help, we know ahead of time what that help might be, whether it's monetarily or, or whatever, so. Be good. Any other discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? 5-0, motion passes. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Thank the Broadband Advisory Commission. Yeah. We yeah. definitely want to thank Megan. She's been with us on, on this project for the long haul, her commission, yeah. so we're, we're glad yeah. to see. we. Hopefully get some money coming home. And I also want to recognize our new IT director, Mr. Brian Riley, here with Megan tonight. Welcome so. aboard. Well, yeah. So thank you. You came both. on just in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have a good evening. All right. Thank you both. All right, Commissioners, item three on page three is uh, from the Department of Emergency Services, the FM two hundred clean agent fire suppression system. They received a grant from the 911 board for $25,685 to provide this system in the backup 
public safety network system over here at the courthouse. Can I get a motion on that, please? I'm I'm go. You want to do it? Don't care. Fire away. I move to authorize the director, Department of Emergency Services, to execute a contract with. What is this here? B F E P E to purchase a FW 200 system for the Department of Emergency Services Public Safety 911 backup center and server room for 25,685. Second. All right. Got a motion and a second. Discussion. All grants. All grant. All grants. Hundred percent. I love that. And is that basically just to bring this whole building into compliance? So it, it's basically covering the server room is the only area that this uh, fire okay. suppression system works for. Uh, we're doing a joint server room across the street at the old courthouse. So half of the room is going to be county IT. The other half is going to be our 911 service. Um, so this is just a protection system. So if in the event of a fire, it doesn't get wet. It's a, a chemical to dry system, system that, right. that puts it out. Yeah. All right. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion passes. All right, thank you, commissioners. <clears throat> Scott, Director Haas. Uh, item number four is uh, procurement for, for also for the 911 backup system for an uninterrupted power system supply, UPS. Uh, they've also received a grant from the Maryland 911 board for $37,064.01 for a UPS system for the Public Safety Backup Center. Your turn. Okay. I move to authorize the Director of the Department of Emergency Services to execute a contract with Magathy Technologies, LLC, to purchase a Liebert UPS system for the Department of Emergency Services Public Safety 911 Backup Center for $37,064.01. Okay. We've got a motion and a second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion carries. Thank you very Thank much. You. First, first. Everybody have Dr. a good Haas, Thank you for coming tonight. Good to see you. Thank you very much. All right, commissioners, item number five on page five is a request to sign a support letter for a small grant application for the Economic Development and Tourism Group. And this is for a grant in the amount of $2,000 to fund the creation of a digital app that will be used to adapt and update uh, existing self-guided tours found in the county for our tourism folks. Um, they would include downtown Stevensville, Centerville, Kent Narrows, as well as historic site consortiums uh, across the county. A motion that we support the QAC Project. Economic Development Tourism Grant application for the ESHI small grant of 2000 and sign the attached support letter. Second. Got a motion second. Any discussion? So to that end, I mean, yeah, nothing about the grant, but in, in more in particular, the uh, the idea behind some of these walking areas like downtown Stevensville, the Narrows, obviously, and we've talked about it before, and now with the advent of some more broadband, I think we should start thinking about having more of the walking Wi-Fi, similar to what Chestertown's done, mm -hmm. especially in the historic areas, mm -hmm. um, because an app like this would play right into that to where, you know, it's a walk and talk and app touring and all that kind of stuff just something maybe Megan not to ask her then but maybe that we can look into and see what the possibility of being able to incorporate that in somehow to uh, this app to actually make it you know usable just about everywhere okay good point yep we can do that any other discussion all those in favor say aye aye, aye. any opposed five zero that motion passes all right thank you commissioners item number six 
on page six is the uh, FY22 overhead door replacement bid from the Department of Parks and Recreation. And this is a request to replace 10 overhead garage doors at three locations, Crumpton, Terrapin, and Route 18 shop. Uh, funding is available in their major maintenance account. And they recommend awarding it to um, Armand Doors of Queenstown for $34,200. I moved to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to award the overhead door replacement bid to Armin's Garage Doors for the amount of $34,200. Second. Got a motion and a second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0. The motion passes. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number 7 on pages 9 and 10 is a request from Dr. Salins to transfer funds between major state categories for the period of ending November 3rd, 2021. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move to approve the transfer of funds between major state categories of Queen Anne's County's public schools as submitted by Dr. Salins, Superintendent Queen Anne's County Schools. Second. Got a motion to second. Any discussion? Um, the uh, only thing I'd like to ask is that from now on when we do this, if Dr. Salins could attend the meetings just to, if there's any questions on it, typically we always requested that, Dr. Kane and Dr. Williamson prior to that, just because of the size of some of these, just so they can get background or whatever. In certainly. case there are any questions. Right. right. Certainly. Okay. We can do that, Commissioner. Okay. Or the budget director, it doesn't matter. Okay. Somebody on behalf of the board. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, on behalf yeah. of the board. Yeah. Okay, certainly. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, that motion carries. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number eight on pages 11 through 14 is a uh, memorandum from Beverly Churchill. And this is a uh, recommended policy change to our vacation payout policy, which would increase the eligibility for vacation payout from 40 up to 80 hours per year. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move that the vacation payout policy be adopted as presented to be effective January 1st, 2022. Second. And a motion to second. Any discussion? Todd, this is any time during the year. It's not, this, somebody could have 140 hours of vacation time accumulated and walk in and say, I'd like to get paid for 40 or 80 hours of it. Is that what it is? That's correct. Because it never goes away. I mean, they, they get a maximum amount so they could end up at the end of their career and take off whatever that is, 800 hours. Right. Well, you have a cap of 600 hours. Um, right. Well, that's technically correct, but they have to have a minimum balance of 200 right. hours in order to qualify to participate. But okay. they can do it any time during the year. Mm -hmm. But it is a terminate, terminal benefit. So when somebody retires or they leave, mm -hmm. um, they we are we do pay out their vacation pay. That is the only leave balance that we up pay to out. how many hours? Up to six hundred. Six hundred. Up to six hundred. Yes. Right. Yes. So it is. So they have to have two hundred. So if somebody had. If somebody had 200 hours in their in the till, they they wouldn't be able to sell any of that back because they have to have at least 200. 200 GGUs. So if they have like 100 hours, they wouldn't be able to participate in this 200. program. Right. 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 So 195. Right. No, they can't. Right. Yeah, they're okay. no good. Good. Yep. No, that's fine. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Any other discussion? Questions? All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero. Motion carries. That's it. Thank you, Beverly. And our last action item is item number nine, and this is a uh, text amendment uh, in the form of an ordinance, county ordinance number 2109, and this is a proposed text amendment to chapter 18 of the code uh, that would be um, 
change the definition of a shooting club as set forth in Appendix A of Chapter 18 of our county code. And this would be forwarded to the Planning Commission and for, for review and inspection and recommendation. Yeah. Uh, this one. I move to forward the proposed county ordinance number 21-09 to the Planning Commission for review and investigation and a recommendation back to the county commissioners. Second. Got a motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0. Motion carries. All right, commissioners, that concludes our action items for this evening. We can, uh, we're just a little bit behind schedule, we can move right into presentations this yep. evening. Okay. Come on up. First up, we have Mr. Mr. Logie oh. Knight, the assistant director that, for His Hope Ministries. Oh, sorry. Yep. I forgot that. Come on up. Yep. Okay. We have a proclamation for <coughs> Youth Homelessness Awareness Month. So, All right. Mr. Knight, yep. Okay. Um, I. You can have a seat. Yeah, have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. That way they'll catch you on the microphone for yeah. those who are watching. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> first, I'd like to um, explain a little bit about our program. Mm -hmm. uh, we are the we are His Hope Ministries Midshore Unaccompanied Homeless Youth Program. Uh, we are the only program that serves five midshore counties: Queen Anne's, Kent, Talbot, Dorchester, and Caroline. Uh, the population we serve are homeless youth between 18 and 24. Uh, what we do is we assist them with um, locating and acquiring housing, as well as um, instructions and life skills, employment services, as well as connections to other resources. Um, today we're, asked, we're requesting the proclamation. Um, with that, uh, I'd like to go into why we actually are requesting the proclamation. Um, because November was first declared National Homeless Youth Awareness Month, in the year 2007. Since then, November has been acknowledged uh, as the time for children and families experiencing homelessness to be recognized. Um, in this country, we are currently experiencing somewhere around 2.5 million homeless youth, uh, youth between 18 and 24. Some parenting, some single individuals that have just been misplaced from their homes, most likely since the age of 16. Um, <coughs> With this proclamation, His Hope Ministries is compiling a list of partners across our five midshire counties. Uh, the partners basically are our resource. So when we locate homeless youth, um, there, there are already connections here in Queen Anne's County. They would report out to our agency that there is a homeless youth. We would come out and service them with whatever it is that they need help with, either housing, case management, some vocational skills, we assist them with acquiring all those things. Um, so with this proclamation, Queen Anne's County would agree to be a partner in the fight against youth homelessness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have the proclamation. Go ahead. Go ahead. Read the proclamation first then. Whereas the County of Commissioners of Queen Anne's County proclaimed the month of November as National Homeless Youth Awareness Month. And whereas the purpose of the National Homeless Youth Awareness Month is to raise awareness and to educate the citizens of Queen Anne's County about the homelessness youth crisis, the issues that these young people face, the many reasons young adults 18 through 24 are homeless, and the role citizens can play in ending youth homelessness. And whereas His Hope Ministries is committed to providing emergency shelter and supportive services, as well as meals and other supportive services to young adults ages 18 to 24, experiencing housing instability or homelessness. Whereas the county commissioners of Queen Anne's County 
Maryland recognized the hunger and homeless continue to be a serious problem for many young adults, 18 through 24. Individuals and families in Queen Anne's County, particularly during the COVID-19 pandemic. And whereas the intent of National Homeless Youth Awareness Month is consistent with activities of His Hope Ministries and all His Hope Ministries programs, and now therefore be it resolved that the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County hereby proclaim November is Homeless Youth Awareness Month here in Queen Anne's County, Maryland. And be it further resolved that the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County encourage all citizens to recognize that many people do not have housing and need support from people and organizations in their communities. And it's signed by your County Commissioners. Thank you. Thank you. So appreciate it. Commissioner Murray, thank you for all your hard work. I've got a question. Sure. How, many, how many souls are you helping at this present time? I'll, oh, I just did a report. As of, of our fiscal year started September 1, mm -hmm. since then we've calculated 23 youth that we've either housed, <clears throat> sheltered, or provided some outside resources. That's in the five county area? That's within the five county I mean, do you, do you have your own facilities? We do. Yeah. Okay. Our shelter is located in Caroline County. However, through our CLC, we partner because our program serves five mid-shore counties. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we are partners with every shelter within those five mid-shore counties. So we are actually a partner here. So what do you do when someone comes up that's only 17? We can still service them. Actually, there's a, uh, we were just working on um, legislation, legislative to actually, we can serve youth. 13? 13, wow. from 13 and up. So we can actually house them. They can consent to shelter. Age of consent, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How many years have, you, have the pro, your program been in? Our program is three years old. Really? Our youth program, uh -huh. three years. Uh-huh. Yes. Did you just have a ribbon cutting somewhere or some kind of an event recently? For one of your facilities? That I thought I saw. We were actually just gifted a building from uh, Caroline County. That's what it was. Larry Porter and all were there. Yes, That's what yep. I saw. yes. I saw the we were gifted a building. Right. Okay. And inside that building, we're actually going to host our trainings, uh, classes. Uh, we'll have offices for outside service providers to come in and conduct interviews and provide their service. And do you do any collaboration with Haven Ministries here in the yes. county? Yes. Yeah, so. Yes, we do. When they get youth, 18 to 24, they give us a call. We determine whether they are going to remain here and receive services which we have to just travel to them. And mm -hmm. so we try not to move them from their natural habitat, whatever, wherever <laughs> they like to be, because they, they become right. accustomed to certain right. areas. Yeah, they know easier. the area, they know where the resources are. So we service them where they are. If they are in desperate need of shelter, then they can be transported to our shelter, which we have, we serve families and singles in our shelter, but this year we've added a wing for youth, specifically what's for your, youth. What's to your keep capacity them, at the shelter? Uh, 65 persons. Wow. Nice. Hmm. 50 to 65, full. depending on the makeup of the families, because the families get family rooms and they could hold anywhere from two to eight. So those numbers can. And where do your funding sources come from? Donations. Uh, we do get state funding for rapid rehousing, but that's it. So for people who, are, who might be watching right now or watch this video later, where can they go to learn more about giving you donations? You have a website or something like that? We have a right. website, hishopeministries.org. Hopeministries.org. Yes. Very good. Do you um, do you work with our obviously our local DSS 
uh, office and how about Mike Clark's office here at the county because I know they have a lot of different services that we've not yet gotten to Mr. Clark's office however we are connected partners with this Queen Anne's County School okay the library is a partner you may want to reach out to uh, Margie in our office to get Mike's contact because I know on the housing side in particular he does a lot of work for mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. people here in Queen Anne so yep. he's a great resource from that standpoint well, thank you for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. It's well needed. Quite a commitment Appreciate on your you part. coming in. Well, thank you all for yeah. being well a done. partner. Well thank done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good evening, John. You too. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, commissioners. Our next presenter is uh, Miss Janice Salazar, our librarian. So she's here to talk about expanding the Kent Island Library, the Branch Cam Capital Campaign, building a thriving community. So. Quite a mouthful. Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> Welcome. Good to see you again. How nice you to see you as mm -hmm. well. I have with me today Kathy Smerick, who is our capital campaign consultant, who I will honestly say has done all the really hard work on our capital campaign because she's just she is awesome and she has made it the success that it is. So I just wanted to give you a really quick update on the progress we're making on our capital campaign because you know. You guys have given us a lot of money towards this building and I can't thank you enough for that. The state gave us some great grants for this building and I can't thank them enough for that. But our community has really come out in droves to support this building as well. And I think they all need thanks and Kathy needs 100% of the thanks because she's been great. Um, our goal is $500,000. As of the 18th of November, we had raised 386 thousand eight hundred and ten dollars and we have additional pledges, pledges. not yet checks in the mail process <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of forty thousand dollars so I feel like we're getting very very close to our goal we started our brick campaign again so if you haven't bought a brick now's a good time to get a brick and within the first two weeks we got three thousand dollars worth of sales on those bricks and they sell for like a hundred dollars which makes it accessible for everyone in the community to help build our library. And so I just really wanted to take this time right before Thanksgiving to give you all a very big thank you because this building would not have happened without your support. And I think just knowing how many people, we've had over 470 people make donations, that it really speaks to how well this library is gonna be received once it's finally open and ready to go. So thank you very much for your support and thank you very much for allowing me to say that tonight. Um, Kathy, do you wanna say anything more? I think I would just emphasize, um, and I know we had circulated some materials in advance, just the diversity of donors to the project. So we've had individuals, families, organizations, small businesses, major businesses, foundations, um, really all coming together, which I think is a testimony to what Janet and her colleagues do at the library, that it is it's serving so many purposes. It's serving the academic purposes. It's serving the economic purposes. It's serving, serving civic sur purposes in the community. Um, so again, it's been a interesting time to have a capital campaign in the middle of a pandemic some unique challenges the library buildings were in fact closed when we started the capital campaign um so to have this level of support from across the community has really been um rewarding and i think speaks very highly of the support that you all have given to this project throughout the effort 
And so this was really just to give you an update that I know we were supposed to come up with $250,000 and we have met and exceeded that, but we really would like to exceed our $500,000 goal as well. And just to thank you all for your, your time and your support for this. So how far along are you? When's your ribbon cutting? What's it looking like? Yeah, that, <laughs> so I was going to ask, so completion time, you know, how are we doing? Um, are we ahead of schedule, behind schedule? Budgeting, right now we are, we are a little budget? bit behind schedule. I believe that Lee is telling us that we're about six months behind schedule. Okay. Um, we're waiting on our shelving to show up. Um, we can't really do anything until we have shelves to put the books on. Um, and that is still on track to be here about mid-December. So once that's there, we can start moving into the new part and then they can start renovating the old part. But with all the supply chain and, and the delayed shelving, it's going to sure. push us back about six months. So. But while the timeline has changed, the but they're still on budget. As far as I know, we are as still on budget. As of last update. So. Yeah. We're yes. planning to stay on budget. Uh -huh. So this list of $1,000 plus oh, yeah. donors is a who's who. I mean, this is. You on there, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, they spoke my. Corcoran, And I'll say the capital campaign is still accepting donations, um, certainly through the end of the year. And we plan, as the timeline for building has been extended, this extends our opportunity to raise funds for the building. So anyone interested, we are still um, accepting. How much for Commissioner Wilson to get naming rights? Wow. He, yeah, he wants like a plaque right there, <laughs> like a cornerstone plaque. I heard he wants a win. We have opportunities for He can everyone. probably hit, help you hit that $500,000 goal. What, what amount do you need? A hundred and some hundred thousand and change. We're about $80,000 away from the $500,000 goal. So there you go. Only, Only 80000 80, <laughs> Christmas is coming, you know. Some years, some years, and there's a lot can, of different. Can you, uh, you give do? your, uh, uh, not to steal, uh, Commissioner Porcarinos, but can you give your where, where you would go to donate so that people can that are watching or again see it later? Um, you can go to our website. Our capital campaign is right on qaclibrary.org backslash capital campaign and you can donate right online. You can certainly send us a check. We're always taking checks. We will take stocks. We will take whatever you want to give us, honestly. Um, yeah. And you I can also go trying to give us property too. So yes. there you go. That's right. We'll and if you go into either branch of the library, they'll be happy to we'll facilitate donation. Yes. Would you do one thing, and that's check with Paul Kirst. We've got about 100 million feet of metal book or file shelving in the bottom of the courthouse. Oh, I'll talk to which Paul. Which is about to get destroyed if we don't use it. So This is something I did not know. <laughs> all right, I will check with Paul then. February's worth. Yeah. Very good. Thank you all for your time. Thank you all. Thank you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving yeah. to you as Thanks well. Thanks for coming in. Good to see you. My God, appreciate it. Okay, commissioners, that concludes our presentations for this evening. We can uh, go to press and public comment part two. Anything? None. We got to stop doing such Round a good table. job. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Round table. Start on this end. All right, you sure you want to start here? I had a long list, Chris. Go ahead. We'll, then we'll just All right. So Quick actually, back. I just really wanted to recap some stuff. I spent Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week at the uh, MAKO Board of Directors meeting. Um, we discussed a lot of things uh, that are going to be coming up in Annapolis this uh, next session. Um, but first, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Um, that's the uh, 
what everybody's looking forward to anyway. And according to Jim's traffic report, it sounds like most people are already heading there. So yeah. good. Um, <laughs> just real quick, uh, the broadband, um, the state's commitment to the broadband, that was fantastic. Um, and the federal government's commitment to that, to make that, you know, if, if anything out of COVID has come with a silver lining, it's definitely the availability of money to expand that infrastructure. Long overdue, long overdue. Um, so, some good news on the highway user revenue front. It, it, it appears that the state also has a large cache of money um, for infrastructure projects, and there may be some movement to restoring money again into that for us, which will certainly uh, take a little bit of the pressure off our own budget with having to, you know, and I, I explained that we have 500 miles of roads that we have to maintain, and we try to do it in a five year period, so 100 miles a year um, gets expensive, no doubt. Stevie can probably quote you the numbers for it per. Uh, foot but um the other thing was we got, I got some clarification on the opioid settlement which i think we had talked about uh um, last week and uh, we, we we spoke with uh our partners in mml about that and they are um, kind of on board with the whole flipping the script on the uh, counties and localities would get the 85 percent and the state would maintain the 15 which kind of makes sense since we're in the trenches and the money's needed here locally to not only reimburse a lot of the expenses we put out, but to also help with the treatment and everything else. And I know, Jim, you speak to a lot more of that. Um, well, the big thing was, it was curious. I, it was one that came up that I was, it, it was amazing, but you know, it's in the news all the time is, is, is cybersecurity and the, uh, what it's costing counties and municipalities now to insure themselves for cyber threats. Um, in 2011, I think the number they gave um, with legit, who obviously we're insured through, they spent to, for all of their counties and municipalities that they covered $80,000 to insure them all. Um, this year, they're thinking that number is going to be somewhere in the range of between $800,000 and a million dollars for similar coverage and, and actually less coverage because there's going to be a certain deductible associated with that. Is that because of the ransom? Yeah, so they, yeah, because right now it, it's funny because it's public, apparently it's, uh, because it's public information, it's out there how much counties are covered for. So what they're finding is if they find out, like, for instance, Queen Anne's County is covered for $1.2 million, these ransom guys come in and they say, we want $1.2 million from Queen Anne's County. Well, it gets paid out on the insurance side. No fuss, no muss. You know, they don't come in for $1.3 million because then you're holding the county up and the county would have to come up and then, you know, we'd be up here. What do we do? That kind of stuff. So they're getting pretty smart about that. But, yeah, but that's just crazy. I mean, it's gone up, what, 1,000%, whatever it is over... 10-year period so and it's apparently there's uh, no end in sight but I, we did get a compliment as Queen Anne's County from legit that we are uh, one of the counties that is uh, doing great with our protection um, schemes a lot of the stuff we've approved over the last couple of years and put in place puts us at the top of the state in terms of uh, protection I said well doesn't that like garner us some kind of a, a <laughs> rebate on the insurance since we're spending all this money to make sure we exactly. don't have a cyber threat? Yep. Yes, it doesn't work that way. So anyway, um, the uh, so another thing that came up and is um, part of some state policy that's um, being worked on right now is for the CIP spending for our um, local for our school capital budgets. Um, th there's a um, they're talking about now they have a, a group in session now Chris I think you were on the call yesterday you caught part of that too um, that is actually overseeing how they're going to spend right now there's a 50 million dollar um, pot that's going to be in there for capital projects and what that's going to help is smaller counties that can't front for or front fund projects on their CIPs 
This will help them because it will front fund it, and then when the state pays their share on the back end, you'll be able to get it paid back. So, so you're not taking that, if you don't have the credit to be able to front fund it, you're not gonna be shut out from doing it. One of the questions I ask, because I think for us it's more pertinent than worrying about building a new school, because we really don't have one in the pipeline right now that's you know pressing, is that if we group a lot of our CIP projects together, like our roofs, chillers, you know, some of the stuff we've seen over the last couple of years, group them into a lump, if we can bring that in as a lump and then be um, eligible for it. And it sounds like there, there is that possibility we'd be able to do that. So that would reduce our bonding on some of these projects because we would basically get it front uh, funded and then on the back end, pay it back when the state pays, uh, us. Back, pays us. So mm -hmm. awesome program for us with what we're doing. Um, especially you know like systemic upgrades and things like that which we've been concentrating on hopefully that'll work out and we can maybe get some more done we could probably do some more is what i'm thinking because you know we've had to push some things out because of just the finances of it um and then the oh uh kerwin in general so there's still um what kerwin's going to come back it's going to probably be called kerwin 3.0 because there are some fallacies in in you know, some things that were missed in terms of uh, coverage of employees within the um, system and for anybody that watches the news and, and seen what like Anne Arundel County's done, specifically bus drivers has become a real critical issue across the state in every jurisdiction, including our own. One of the problems obviously being the CDL, getting people <coughs> CDL qualified to drive a bus. And the other is just they don't have the pay scale and or the raises uh, that are equitable to what others are making within the school system. And so they kind of have, Honestly, they got the upper hand right now because without school buses, kids can't get to school generally. So um, I think that's going to be addressed in this next session, along with probably a couple other of the ancillary um, jobs within the school system. Probably, I would think, in the maintenance, uh, cafeteria, uh, custodial, that kind of thing. So I think we're going to see a, a revamping of the formulas. So that's it. Geez, who wants to follow that? <laughs> um, what he said. <laughs> right. Well, it's, all, it's obviously all good news. Um, and and uh, the only thing that I want to come in, and also I want to, as I'm sure the rest of my fellow commissioners are going to do, one of which everybody, um, uh, a wonderful Thanksgiving and an opportunity to spend time with family. And speaking of spending that time with family, you college kids out there have come home for Thanksgiving. Make sure you give your parents that fair share of time slot um, <laughs> because they do miss you. Reagan. Was, uh, Reagan. <laughs> every mile in the county law that they have to be home by 10. Yeah. 30. Yep. And you have to be home. The car has to be in the driveway by 10 o'clock. County law. It's yeah, county it's law. county law. <laughs> Reagan. I got nothing. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, I think the only thing I, the public should be aware of is that this mess with the hospitals continues. The emergency rooms are backed up hospitals understaffed hook up with your primary care people know where your urgency centers are because they're going to be a better bet than the hospitals when we get to december and january that's it all right well uh happy thanksgiving and i like always say something that you're thankful for i want to again and i know all the commissioners agree with, agree with me on this thankful to all the people that work for the county um and all that they've done through covid nonstop getting the services out to the citizens um you know we have some you know it's hard recruiting and retaining 
but those who are there are there every day and they're making sure that the county citizens are getting the services that they're paid for and i'm grateful that throughout covid this this county we never imposed any restrictions on anybody it was anything that was done was at the state level and we've been able to coast this county through the pandemic fairly well and i'm i'm very thankful for that because of staff yeah mm -hmm. absolutely and with that i'll entertain a motion to adjourn second we're close Aye. You have been watching the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's Meeting. Thanks for joining us tonight. This program is brought to you by QAC-TV. QAC-TV are these people right here. And these people right here would love to thank you again for your continued support. Please check us out on Facebook, YouTube, like, subscribe, notifications, all that good stuff. And we'll see you at the next Commissioner's Meeting.